Coming up next is Empower Hour. Good day, everyone. You are listening to Empower Hour on PLV Radio, and I am Coach Brandy. Each week, I look forward to bringing you new information, resources, and tools to support you in creating a more empowered existence and more possibility. If you are using these tools consistently, I know you are experiencing more possibility in your life, so keep up the good work and keep tuning in each week for more. And I'm just so grateful that you choose to spend your time with me here on Empower Hour. My guest today joins me from Boulder, Colorado. He is a certified access consciousness facilitator and master NLP practitioner and is known as a transformational artist who aims to free people from limitations so they can create the lifestyle of their dreams. He facilitates live and online events all over the world and his laser coaching style mixed with his powerful, playful, and fun demeanor combined for a powerful combination in helping people transform any area of their life. It is with great honor that I welcome George. George Ira Carroll. Welcome to the show, George. Hey, Brandy. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Oh, great. I'm so glad that you, you were able to get here. I know you're a busy, busy guy, <laughs> Yeah. especially as of late. <laughs> yeah, I just finished a two-and-a-half-day event, so it was nice to be able to squeeze this in and um, maybe even ride some of the juices from the event. Yes, absolutely. I've heard um, great things from people who were there, so um, I'm just excited to have you here today. And, um, you know, we actually have <clears throat> several mutual friends Um and although we've never met personally, I feel as though I know you. <laughs> yeah, I get that sense with you, too. Yeah, I've, I've heard some amazing things about you and your work with people. But I want to give you an opportunity to share with our listening audience exactly how you have come to do the, the powerful work that you do with people. So let's just kind of dive in here. Um, you know, I, I follow you on Facebook, and of course, like I said, I've heard um, a lot of great things about you from our mutual friends, and you just have such a a playfulness about you. And when I look at your pictures on Facebook, you have them. And I, uh, you know, this, this is the short version of the story, but um, eventually, about three years later, after my first visualization, I ended up starting my own speaking and coaching practice, and my first event had about four people in it. And um, ever since then, it's just been growing and growing and growing. And um, also along that time, I just got a lot of different training and certification in NLP, which stands for neurolinguistic programming. And it's a, it's a powerful body of work to help people create change pretty darn quickly. Um, and initially, you know, I took the training in order for me to get past my own junk and my own mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I got so passionate about that. I thought, what would it be like to build a business doing that? Yeah. Wow. And so how long have you been doing that now? Um, about five years now. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. So when you, when you think about, you know, people are either motivated by inspiration or desperation, right? And so this leads me, it sounds like you had some pretty, you were more in the energy of desperation for a while, but what would you say has been your biggest wound in life and how did, how has that contributed to who you are today? Oh, what a great question. Um, I would say the biggest wound that I had growing up was I grew up with really low self-esteem. Like, you know, I was a playful, loving kid, and I loved to have fun, but, man, my confidence in myself I, was really shot. And I got to this point where, in you know, I would be in relationships, and I was kind of that, you know, because I had such low self-esteem, I was kind of that needy kid, you know, that needy guy that is like a big turnoff for, for women in relationships. And I didn't understand it. And um, over the course of time, after relationship, after relationship ending, like I had this huge wound in my heart. And then finally I fell in love with this woman um, in the corporate world. And it got to the point where it was like, oh, my God, she ended up breaking up with me. And that was sort of the the – Along with, you know, my corporate bouts, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And from that is when I had to understand what is it, what do I need to do to change um, this wound and heal it and have more confidence in myself. Mm, mm. 
Very cool. And so, and then what did you do at that point? Is this when you began to, to study the NLP? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was a big healing time for me over the last probably eight years now. I've been in the personal development world. And um, yeah, NLP is one of the, the modalities that really helped me get down to the root of of what was causing that pain and that, that lack of self-confidence. And uh, over the course of time, just been able to shift it and get back to me and allowing myself to be me in the world. And I don't think there's any anything that uh, that allows us to be more confident in ourselves than when we give ourselves the permission, the allowance to be the crazy us that we came here to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, what would you say to people? You know, there. I, I just, we, I know there are so many people out here that are listening, and they're in their own. They're in their own junk right now, right? And they're really struggling in life. And they don't, maybe they're having these reoccurring patterns or reoccurring situations and they can't quite figure out why do they keep attracting, you know, these types of relationships or why do they keep running everybody off or whatever, whatever their reoccurring theme or pattern is for them, right? But Mm -hmm. they don't quite know what to do. They don't know one, maybe they don't even have an awareness of it. So if that's the case, let's just put the invitation out there now and say, hey, <laughs> what awareness do you have that you're not aware that you have if you did would change your life, right? And Good question. how do people, but how do they get themselves, say they do have the awareness, George, how do they get themselves to that place where you were at where you said, okay, enough is enough and I have to do something different? How do they get to that point and know what to do and where to go and where to start with, with this stuff? Yeah, what a great question. So the thing that I learned in NLP, and NLP is, is again, a really powerful modality, but it gives people a structure, an internal structure to explore their own psyche and emotional bodies. So what I began to realize is that every result that gets created in our life is a result of our consistent actions. Uh, Our consistent actions are a result of the consistent emotions that we feel. So we literally cannot behave or make any kind of action without any kind of emotion behind it. And so every emotion, every pattern of emotion that we feel stems from a pattern of thinking. And every pattern of thinking that we have stems from a belief system or a point of view. And so for me, when I understood that, it helped me kind of follow the thread down to, okay, what belief or set of beliefs and values am I operating from that's creating this result that I don't like so much? And so whether it's money, if we have, you know, ups and downs, with money, there's some uncomfortable or, or some off-kilter beliefs down in there somewhere that have us have experiences with money um, that we don't really desire. For example, a lot of people grow up with you know, a lot of negative beliefs around rich people and around money, and if, if they're hoarding those beliefs deep in there and they're not aware of them and they don't go in there and resolve them and shift them, then they're always going to keep recreating. So I always invite people to use their own awareness and follow the thread down, and what's the point of view of the set of beliefs down there that's creating the experience you're not so fond of? And what's a good way to kind of initiate that process for someone? What's a good well, question we, to kind of dive into that awareness? Well, it's always about looking at our results. If there's a result that somebody is, is getting that they're not happy with, mm-hmm. um, let's say, for example, it's – I mean, money's easy because it's such a big challenge for so many people. Right. Um, but let's say somebody has you know lots of ups and downs with money. They never have the amount of money that they'd like. And so that's a result that they're getting, all right? And then they start to look at their behaviors, like what happens when money shows up in your universe? You know, do you end up spending it quickly? Do you save it? Do you appreciate it when it shows up? Like what are your consistent behaviors with money? Um, And then we start to look at the deeper structure of how do you feel about money? Like what are those deep underlying feelings about money? Because like you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, we're designed to move away from pain and toward pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so if, if we have... Anything that we desire in our life that we associate a certain amount of pain to, we're going to repel it. Mm-hmm. And and so we've got to find a way to create pleasurable feelings with money um, and feel good about the process of making money. And then follow that down to, okay, what beliefs or what, what kind of programming did I take on from my parents growing up? Um, about money, you know, how did my parents interact with money? How did they, did they judge rich people? Did they hate money? Did they hate rich people? And then we start to get to the really the root cause of what creates the experience. Mm, 
Okay. Now, this sounds a lot, you, you mentioned NLP um, as part of this process, but it sounds also a lot like access consciousness. So can you share with people the difference between neuro-linguistic programming and access consciousness and how they actually complement one another? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I've studied lots of bodies of work, and these two bodies of work has been the fastest to help me create change in, in the clients that I work with. Um, I think that, that there's such a, a marriage between the two. They're really familiar. Um, NLP is specifically focused on communication with the unconscious mind through metaphors and through stories. Um, and, and, you know, and it's so much more, um, access is really about, okay, how do we live in the space of the question? So the biggest difference between NLP and access is this NLP offer, operates in structures, right? They operate in, okay, what belief systems are present here? How do we shift those into a more empowering belief system? Um, so it goes, it, it really helps people go from disempowering beliefs to empowering belief programming. What access does is says, okay, let's get out of the structure and let's operate in pure possibility because we have this universe that has infinite ways that it can serve us and and help us. Um, and if we operate outside of structure and step into possibility where we're totally open, um, we can receive magic in the world. And so those are the two biggest things that I notice between access and NLP. Hmm. And so so NLP takes you into structure. <laughs> And access takes you out of structure. Yeah, it basically says, okay, let's look at the map that you're operating in the world, like your internal mm -hmm. map, your beliefs, <clears throat> your values, and all of that. It says, okay, if that map's not working, let's create a better map for you. But access is like, screw the map. Let's go, <laughs> yeah. to, outer, let's go to outer space. Yeah. So they're, they're both really effective. And, in fact, if access would have came into my world when NLP came into my world, I wouldn't have been able to hear it. I needed structure because I was too much of a control freak. Ah. And so there's there's a place for both of them. Um, but yeah, they're both pretty <clears throat> magical. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Do you find that you you really do integrate the two of them and, and work in balance with them or do you tend to lean more towards one than the other? Yeah, you know, I think that there's a nice balance of them. If there if there's one that I use more of, it's probably more access. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just something really cr like crazy and odd and weird about access, but man, it works mm -hmm. and it works very quickly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have seen that in my own life. I'm very, very new to access. And um, I mean, as of probably December, new. <laughs> and yeah. um, <clears throat> it's some pretty powerful stuff for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about um, where you get your inspiration from. I mean, who inspires you and why? You know, I love, what a great question. Um, I love the people in the world who go beyond the norm and, and make a difference. So, for example, Martin Luther King, it, it, just his story, his life, his, the choices he made, what he stood for. Um, Nelson Mandela, you know, I don't know if you've seen that movie recently, but it was such a beautiful story. Um, I'm talking like global change makers like Mother Teresa and Gandhi. Um, people like that, like who be the example of creating a whole new possibility for the entire world, not just like in a business sense, not just in relationships, but they say, you know, let me be a catalyst for global change. Like those are the people that inspire me the most. Mm. Do you see yourself as someone um, like that, someone who's, who's a catalyst for global change? You know, I wonder if all of us have that capacity within us if we're willing to choose it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say, you know, this lifetime I came to do really big things to make a really big splash in the cosmic field. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'll, until I head to my grave, I'm going to find a way to make a big impact in the world. Yeah, I love that, George. That is beautiful. I feel very much the same way. So when we're talking about, you know, being the catalyst of change in the world, what do you what do you think the world needs more of right now? 
But what a fun question. So we, we kind of started our conversation on this, but like, think about it. If the if everybody just stopped freaking like being at war and fighting, and we just started playing with each other and cuddling with each other and having fun <laughs> and celebrating more, like this this whole world would be such more of a fun. It just be a big playground, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think if the world needs more of anything, it's probably more play, more celebration, more cuddling. You know, um, I recently, as as we were mentioning, I, I did an event, a two and a half day event. Part of the event, I actually sent all the participants out into the Denver and surrounding area. I grouped them into about three people with free hug signs. And for two <laughs> hours, I told, I told them to go out and give free hugs. And the stories they came back with of how like hungry people were for that kind of like affection and that kind of like that intimacy and that connection um, was so inspiring. The whole room was crying because there's, there's so much gratitude and this awareness that, you know, people are just like underneath it all. We just want to love each other. Yeah. And so, you know, I see a world where we all just get to play with each other and have fun and celebrate life together. I love that. Now, how do you, you know, whenever you have that type of vision and you obviously with the response that you got from the free hug sign, you're not the only one, right, with this this craving and this desire. We all have that. So how would you suggest that we go out and we create more play and more celebration amongst ourselves and, and cuddle with each other? <laughs> Oh, this is a great question. I think this will be useful for your listeners here. So growing up, I was a really, good, you know, inappropriately fun kid. Like I just, <laughs> I love, I just loved people. And I remember like slapping butts and, and like, I was just that kind of kid. And then I was taught growing up that some of those behaviors are inappropriate. So I didn't know this growing up, Brandy, but I created, unconsciously created an inappropriate box where I stuffed all the inappropriate parts of me that were I was taught that was inappropriate into this box and put them in the in the back closet of my mind. And so I learned to become this well-behaved little boy. Mm-hmm. And over the course of time, I just began to realize that all those inappropriate parts of me that I put in this box are like were the best, most fun, unique, authentic parts of me. And fortunately, through this work with Access and NLP, I've been able to really unleash the inappropriate box and be in allowance of me being me. So I think, you know, uh, the question I have for everyone is, is like, what's your inappropriate box? You know, what behaviors are the best parts of you? What parts of you are the best parts of you that you've put in a box deemed inappropriate or bad that if you allowed yourself to open back up and be would give you that playfulness back? Mm -hmm. Um, And once we give ourselves permission to be like us, no matter how inappropriate we might be, no matter how fun and and loving we might be, um, that's when we can reconnect with our playfulness. It's all about reconnecting with that inner child and allowing ourselves to be that. Um, so that's step number one is like un- unleash your inappropriate box. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some ex- – I think we may need examples of that because <laughs> for some of us. Can you well, give us an example? Well, I love sexual innuendos. I think they're just so fun. Like at my events, I, I one of my one of my gifts that I have, if you want to call it a gift, is I can almost turn anything into a sexual innuendo. Are you and, my brother? I mean, like, are we related? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and like, you know, people underneath it all, like they just, we just love to have fun. And like when there's no judgment around um, how crazy we be and who we be, and we allow ourselves to be that, there's freedom in that. And so like at my events, I'll turn almost anything into a sexual innuendo. And the question I ask people at most of my events is, how much can I offend you into more possibility? I love that. Because it's, it's like wherever we're offended, um, we have defenses set up, and anywhere where we have defenses set up, that's where we're limited. That's where our boundaries are, and if we knock those down, we create more possibility and joy in our lives. I love that. I love that. You know, it's interesting you bring up this, um, how much can I offend you? <laughs> um, and, and it's really, <clears throat> I've thought about this, too, in working with working with my clients. It's like, where, just like you said, where, where we have that where we get offended, we have some type of judgment, right? And where there's judgment, there's limitation. And um, so I recently had this. I'm just going to share this because it's like way outside of the <laughs> – it's, it's outside of the inappropriate box. <clears throat> and um, have you heard of oming, orgasmic Ooh. meditation? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And so I'm watching, uh, you know, I, I teach yoga and I'm in I'm in class one morning and one of my students says, oh, I want to learn more about oming. And I'm thinking she's talking about chanting. I'm like, oh, OK. And I go into this little thing on chant. She goes, no, 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 no. I thought you would know about this. And she starts telling me telling me about what it is. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, tell me more. <laughs> and so I start looking into it. Right. Well, I go to the site and there's a video, a little 12 minute video on there and and they literally go through the demonstration of how to do this. Well, the whole time they're talking, they're using the word pussy. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, why do they have to use that word? <laughs> I was so offended. And and then I'm looking at their shirts and I actually ordered one of their shirts um, that says um powered by orgasm and they had another and my shirt hasn't had not come well they offered to give me a free shirt <laughs> because yeah. my order and she says well would you like one that says choose orgasm or would you like one that says the pussy nose and I'm like um send me the one that says choose orgasm <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just so interesting how we do we you know we we get in these 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 beliefs and these programs in our mind that certain things are are right and certain things are wrong and it's like what if we just step outside of all that bs crap of right and wrong and just have fun and be who we are and say whatever <laughs> brings you joy and makes you laugh you know and exactly. so I love that. I love that, George. So that's the first step, right? Is there a second step? <laughs> well, just, yeah. I mean, it, it, at least in this moment there is. It's surround yourself with people who give you permission to wave your freak flag. Yeah. It's like that's the biggest thing I see with people that I work with it, it, for the reason why they limit themselves is they surround themselves with people who judge them or make them wrong or try to keep them where they are instead of saying, hey, spread your wings and go fly. Let's fly together. So, you know, I think it was Tony Robbins that says when you hang out with dogs, you come up with fleas. Mm -hmm. And he also says that, you know, you become who you hang out with. And so mm -hmm. if we if we allow ourselves to be free and inappropriate and fun and whoever it is that that we came to here to be in life, but we surround ourselves with people who are always pulling us down, we'll always find a way to limit ourselves and box ourselves up into who they think we should be versus finding a community of people that you can hang around with that let you be crazy and fun and free. Yeah, yeah. And I think so many people, I mean, I know myself, I can say this, it's like, as a child, I grew up in, a, in an environment that was pretty, um, you know, it was alcohol, alcoholism, addiction, cocaine addiction, um, a lot of instability, and I had a little brother, and so I had to grow up really fast, and um, my parents were not available, you know, they were they were high all the time, and, and so I don't, you know, I really don't even remember playing as a kid. And so as I have become an adult and I have children of my own, I find that I have this huge resistance to playing with them. You know, I'm all about let's read a book and let's snuggle and cuddle and I'll sing to you and I'll do, you know, but if they want me to play, I have a hard time with that. And a lot of that I know stems from the fact that I didn't really get to play as a child. I don't freaking know how to play and I think because I feel like I don't know how to play I get angry about it like I don't want to fucking play just <laughs> I don't want to play I don't know how to play leave me alone and so I think that's true for a lot of us it's like we're told to grow up or for whatever the experience was we went through we felt like we had to grow up and that it was no longer okay to play so for people like that who really don't know how to play and have a huge resistance to playing what would you say to that what can we do, George? <laughs> Damn it. I would say hire Brandy. <laughs> hire Brandy to help you get underneath the surface to see, like, uh, for a lot of us, we, we all have a protector of, of our inner child or our playful part of us. Like, who's your protector? Like, for me, it was really about kind of similar to you. And, like, I had to be serious, right? I had to be serious because the world is real and the world is serious. So I created the serious part of me that protected the inner child. But the inner child doesn't really want to be protected. It just wants to be free and have fun. Yeah. So so I'd say if 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 you're not if, if you're at a place where you know it's a possible and it's available, you don't know how to get there, that's why so many coaches and agents of change and transformational artists are out there to help people get underneath the surface and unlock those places where we're not in allowance of ourselves. Um, you know, a few of us can get underneath the surface ourselves, um, but if you don't have those tools, that's why coaches are out there for you.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So back to this <clears throat> being a catalyst in, uh, for change in the world. Um, I, I'm thinking about those in our world that are in positions who have the the power and the the potential to create some major change in the world. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I think of the president, right? Obama. Mm-hmm. So. Let's just say George Ira Carroll was president. And what would you put in place if you were the president, George? Oh, I love this question. Okay, <laughs> so check this shit out. What if we separated – okay, this is good. So what if we separated the needs from the um, – let's see. What's the other word I'm looking for here? Um, oh, what is it? So like okay, so let's say we separated everything that like that we need to live into needs, like for example, food and shelter and clothing, and we and we said okay, for all of these needs, we're not going to tax these, right? We're going to find a way to make it easy for people to get their hands on these, and then for all of the things that people can buy with um, additional income, like the stuff we don't need, like. A lot of electronics and the stuff that um, that we think we need that we actually don't need to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like um, I don't know, we can separate all of that. And what if we taxed all that stuff that's not a necessity for life? We taxed it at a high level. So and then we took all of those tax dollars and then we funded all the people and we brought everybody up. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like. For me, it's simple. Like uh, our financial structures are totally out of congruence. They're totally out of integrity, and mm-hmm. they don't serve the whole. They serve the few. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we bring everybody up? Well, if we separated the needs from you know the the things that that people don't need but still choose, like technology, like internet, like phone, like all of that, and we taxed it at a, <clears throat> at a high level, use those tax dollars to bring everybody up, man, we'd have a totally different world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd also I'd also build uh, more playgrounds for grown-ups all over the world. <laughs> I love yes, it. And, yeah, and and more places where people can make more love. I think it was um, John Lennon that says, you know, we live in a world where we make love in public and we have to make love in private, or we make war in public and we make love in private. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. You know, and I, as as I look around, and I'm sure you see this too, but I'm curious to get your take on this. I mean. Do you see how all the old structures and the old ways of being are starting to crumble? They are dying. Yes, yes. And as things die out, new things, it's just like the winter and the spring, right? It's like as the old dies away, it creates space. It's like access consciousness. It's like once we get rid of that shit that's not working, then we have so much more space to bring in something new that does work. And that's what I see. I see the old structures crumbling, not because the world's coming to an end, but because we're birthing a new world and there's a new way of being on the horizon that is really going to uplift the whole, in my opinion, if we choose that as a collective yeah, beautifully put, beautifully put. And like here's here's the, the, the challenge with that. Even on an individual level, when we choose to hold on to old structures for too long, what happens? Yeah, it creates chaos and pain in our life somehow, some way. Exactly. And so what we have is the control freak idiots who are running the planet, they're holding on to old structures, and as a result of that, there's the potential of creating even, I mean, chaos is happening now with war, uh, because they're holding on to old structures, and you know, I'm all for a revolution if that's what it takes for us to enter a whole new space of being with each other, uh, but what would it take for that not to happen, for us not to get to revolution? And so, yes, the old structures are dying, and it's fun to see them die because we can all sense there's a greater possibility available, and all of us as as a whole we have to keep choosing it together together exactly. and and i think that that's the biggest thing that we have to step into as a, a, on a planetary level is like we got to step together we can't do this individually and in um 
you know, and create separation through countries and states anymore. We've got to globally come together mm-hmm. and choose it together. Mm-hmm. And we also, I feel like, you know, it's important that we don't sit back and we go, okay, well, we have to choose it together. Okay, come on, guys, let's choose it together. But you're sitting back individually and you're not choosing it for yourself first. Like you have to choose it for yourself internally first, right? And then take that step forward and 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 and, and move into that collective that collective choosing as well. Um, but I do believe that our external world is very much a reflection of what's going on inside of us. And if we have inner struggle, uh, war going on internally, or even like myself, we were talking about this resistance to play. Like if I'm just going around all tense and tight ass all the time and I don't want to have – I can't play and have fun and lighten up, then that's also going to affect my external reality, right? Which oh, totally. contributes to the collective. And so it's very much about, you know, we've got to step in and take responsibility for our own um, choices, our own way of being in the world. And we ch- it's not so much what we do in this world. It's very, very much about what we be in this world, right? And mm-hmm. so I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but, you know, I want to ask you, in, in your experience, George, what would you say is the biggest thing that changes people's lives? Oh, damn, that's deep for Monday morning. <laughs> I know, we need more coffee. <laughs> Let's see here. So the biggest thing, and it's this is not brain science, like life doesn't have to be hard, but I think the biggest thing that changes people's life is choice. Mm. And here's the thing. It's like we've been programmed that so many of us at least have been programmed that we've got to make the right choice, that we can't make the wrong choice, that we can't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. But what if we didn't make choice significant? What if we just chose and then chose again if we didn't like that choice and just keep choosing? You know, and and so most people will sit and say, oh, oh, my God, I just I love this conversation. So um, most people will like hold on to their comfort and their familiarity, even if it's uncomfortable familiarity. Mm-hmm. Like most people will choose to be in like, so, for example, in a, a relationship that's painful because being out of relationship and being alone is more painful than the familiarity in the relationship. And so people will sit in this space right in the middle, which is like kind of dead man's land, when they're not being inspired by pain or not not being motivated by pleasure. They're in sort of in this space in the middle where they don't choose at all, and I think that's just a quiet death waiting to happen. And so when people get to the point where they're like, you know what, I'm fed up with this shit. This isn't happening anymore. I'm choosing different now, and then they choose it, and then they go out and start creating magic. Like, Brittany, can you think about a time in your life when you made, like, a, just one choice and it changed the whole trajectory of your life? Oh, God, again, Monday morning. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there have been many, absolutely. <clears throat> and I can very much relate to what you're saying in terms of being in that that uncomfortable familiarity, right? Mm-hmm. And and just getting – and I can't remember something specific, but, but I remember – that there was a time when I was one way, and now I am not that way anymore. So somewhere along the way, there was a shift for me. And at this moment, I cannot think of the exact situation and circumstance. But I can remember being – I've always kind of been adventurous, adventuresome, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but But I've also had my – like there were boundaries, and I probably had some big boundaries up. And um, – and probably at times did allow my fears to to keep me from stepping outside of that comfort zone. Um, but now, you know, I'm very much in this place of like, screw it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, it's like you choose. Okay, well, and I choose something, and well, I don't really care for that. Like, that's not what I thought it would be. So, so what? Okay, I choose something else, right? It's not mm-hmm. like I'm eternally married to my choice. And so – it's like helping people understand that we can one that they have the power to choose because that's another big one for people. Sometimes we don't we forgot. We forget we can choose. Like, oh, it's my choice. Okay. 
<laughs> you know, so I, I love that, you know, we, we can help people remember that, one, you can choose. And then when you do choose, there's no right or wrong. It's like it doesn't matter. You're going to get wherever you need to be when you need to get there regardless. And if you don't like what you choose, you can choose again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, another thing, another, the biggest thing that changes people's life is choice. And this other thing popped in around allowing yourself to step into the unknown because it's in the unknown where we grow the most. Yes. Um, but most people are so unwilling to step into that unknown. Um, but, man, that changed, that's changed my life more than anything. Like starting a business, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that was such an unknown place for me and such a big choice that it changed the direction of my life. And so, yeah, choose to step into the unknown, I guess. Yeah, it's so true. There's, uh, there's. You had mentioned it earlier. It's like we tend to move away from pain and toward pleasure, and that comfort zone we can identify as pleasure when it comes to the the comparison and the contrast of stepping outside of that comfort zone where fear resides, right? And it's like, ah! we kind of go, we get paralyzed when we think of stepping outside of our comfort zone, and so when something comes into our space where it makes us uncomfortable. We, we have a tendency to, to back away from it. It's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But if we can just for a moment choose to step into that discomfort, it's like on the other side of that. Either. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, shoot. I think we're having some. George, can you hear me? I'm, I'm hearing you now. Okay, I'm sorry. We had a little little glitch there in Skype. But um, – <clears throat> It's like I was saying is that when we can step outside or move into that discomfort as opposed to backing away from it, it's like on the other side of that discomfort is expansion. It's the opportunity and possibility for growth. And so it's getting that – it's like just knowing that in your mind that on the other side of the discomfort there's expansion and there's growth and there's more possibility than if you just stay stuck in that that uncomfortable familiarity <clears throat> and so I just wanted to, to put that out there for people it's like like you said George just step into it just do it just trust for a moment <laughs> that there's that it's going to be amazing yeah, here's and here's another big shift that I uh, awareness that I had along the way, and I think you've heard it too, Brandy. Is that uh, I'll share a story and then um, and then we'll talk about it a little bit more. But uh, growing up, I'm like a little monkey. I just love growing or uh, climbing trees. And we had this big tree in our front yard, if you can imagine. And it's like this this beautiful tree, and I would always climb up it to a certain degree. But finally, one day, I started climbing higher and higher and higher, and I was so excited. Right? It was like sort of like exploring this unknown space. My mom walks out the front door. And she's like with this energy of fear. It's like, George, get down, get down, get down. And I'm like, I'm all excited. And then I'm like, what? what's happening? What's happening? I'm okay, you know? And then, and then what happens is I sort of intertwined this fear and excitement. And so growing up, many of us misidentify excitement for fear. That's a big so, one. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, for those of you who are listening, um, if you're about to step into like stepping on stage, for an example, or into an unknown space, and you get those feelings, those that that what seems like anxiety, ask yourself: Is this actually fear, or is this really excitement? Because, mm -hmm. like like you said, Brandy, just on the other side of that energy, whatever you want to call it, is a, a beautiful sense of expansion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, how would you suggest people um, that are listening today, I, <clears throat> we've talked about this on other shows, but we may have new listeners today, so how can people discern very quickly the difference between fear versus excitement in their body? <clears throat> well, here's the thing, like, is fear real? No. <laughs> so, well, it can be to some, maybe, but past the illusion the of it, no. So like we – anytime we're about to step into a certain level of expansion, we get these feelings, right? These like a, a, a combination of all of these feelings, and then the only thing that makes it fear is the mind labeling it fear. Mm -hmm. But if we can get a sense of those feelings, and instead of saying, oh, shit, I'm fearful or I'm afraid, we say – Oh my God, I must be heading into some major expansion. Or, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like sometimes when I walk into a stage and I feel those feelings, I'll tell the crowd, I'm like, I am so freaking excited to be with you guys right now. 
and then it shifts it to excitement. But mm. the minute we label it with the mind that says, oh, this is fear, mm. then we start to operate as it's fear. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking in my mind right now? I'm envisioning myself on the very first roller coaster ride. You know, I had this huge I mean, you have you remember that feeling like, oh, my God, I can't do this. Oh, my God. You know, I was terrified, yeah. <laughs> I thought. Right. But but what if what if it was just friggin excitement? <laughs> yeah. I mean, fear is just a big lie. It's not even real. Now, here's the thing. There, there are there are um, two types of fear. There's rational fears and then there are irrational fears. Rational fears are the fears that say, okay, if I get too close to fire, I'm going to burn myself, mm-hmm. you know, or fear of heights. If I, get <clears throat> to, if I get too close to this ledge, I might fall and die. Mm-hmm. So those are rational fears, and they serve us. But the irrational fears, like the fear of being judged or the fear of success or the fear of, like, all that shit is just lies. Right. It's just a bunch of lies. So when you're feeling those feelings of, like, th- that anxiousness, that excitement, there's a good chance, uh, a really good chance, because fear is a lie, that it's actually excitement and expansion waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. that it's, so just keep that in your awareness, guys. As you're, as you're listening to this, I hope you're taking notes because this, this is some powerful, powerful stuff that if you will integrate it into your way of being every day will completely shift your reality within a matter of weeks, days even. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so, George, in your opinion, you know, with – with your experience and what you see and in your own personal life, like what do you think it takes to be successful and happy this day and age? (sighs) What a great question. Um, You know, I would think I would used to say that it takes knowing what you want to create, having a vision for your life and taking the action steps and progressional steps to move into getting that because Um, we're, you know, we're living creatures and we're living organisms. And if we're not expanding and if we're not growing, we're dying. Mm -hmm. And so, um, to be happy in this day and age, I think takes a combination of knowing what you desire to create in your life and being willing to take the steps necessary to actualize those. And I think along with that is giving yourself permission to be the beautiful, brilliant, powerful being that we all are. Like those two things in combination, I think, creates a ton of happiness and a ton of freedom in our life. And also choose the path that that excites us the most because, you know, I think we're sort of born into a society where we look at examples of success and we think that we have to follow those examples of success. But what if we don't? You know, we have to find our, our own path and be willing to step on our own path and walk our own path. And I think it was Robert Frost that says, you know, uh, two paths are two uh, two paths diverged, and I chose the path less traveled, and it made all the difference, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think, a combination of all of that. I love that. That is beautiful. Now, you and Heather um, Nichols, Heather, Heather was on the show last week with us, and <clears throat> you guys have this amazing event coming up in Boulder um, that first week of May. So tell us a little bit about that. Actually, tell us a lot about that event and how people can sign up for it. But, but mainly I would like for you to share what exactly they're going to be <clears throat> doing and how it's going to benefit them to be here. Yeah, yeah, this, so it's an access consciousness class, and it's called Five Days to Change Your Life, and it's May 1st through the 5th in Boulder, Colorado, and I guess, you know, I would invite you to just imagine what would it be like to have you, have all of you, and be free, no matter what it looked like on the outside, because, you know, I think that that most of us, we want success or we want to generate lots of income because the sense of freedom that we associate to it. Well, what if freedom didn't involve anything on the outside of you? What if it didn't involve houses or cars or money? What if those just became a choice of you having and being you? And so it's it's kind of similar to a metaphor that I like to use often. Um, Michelangelo created the statue David. And as, as soon as he was finished creating the statue David, he was asked, he said, how did you create such a beautiful statue? He said, it was simple. I just chipped away at what wasn't David. And so in this five days, it's really about chipping away everything that's not you because the the magnificence of you is already in there. It's just all the judgments, the conclusions, the points of views, the limiting beliefs that sort of are, are 
outlying you that when we chip away, you get to have you and there's more freedom and there's no price tag on having you. So we're going to use specific processes that, that chip away at judgments, beliefs. We're going to go deeper into something called distractor implant, which are all the ways that we've been programmed to distract ourselves from our own potency. Um, we also spend a whole day doing something called bars, which are these 32 energetic points on the head that when you touch lightly, um, start to dissolve the polarities, the rights, the wrongs, the goods, the bads. Um, and Brandy, you're a bars practitioner, aren't you? I am, and a bars facilitator, yes. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, we'll spend one day doing that. Um, but I remember the first time I did my first five-day, it's like I didn't know why I was choosing it. I just know my body and my being was leaning in that direction. So it felt so light to make that choice. And by the end of it, I had a freedom and a permission to be me that I had never felt before. There was more freedom in that, you know, than all the hundreds of thousands of dollars I've generated in being my business. There's simply no price tag on the permission of uh, us allowing us to be us. And that's really what access is all about is, you know, uh, living without judgment. So if you can imagine your life living without judgment and having all of you, that's what's waiting for you in this five-day event. Mm, I love that. Now tell us the days of that event, George. Yeah, May 1st, which I believe is a Friday. Um, I don't know the exact dates, but it's May 1st <clears throat> through the 5th. Okay. And Yeah, and it's in Boulder, Colorado. And the website that they can go to for that to, to find out more or register? Let me see. If they go to um, – they can actually go to georgeiracarroll.com. It's uh, George and then Ira, I-R-A, and then my last name is C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And then one of the tabs says Access 5-Day, and then that's where they can learn more and register. Awesome. Now, I'm assuming here on your site they could also find out more information about any of your <clears throat> other upcoming events or programs or sessions that they could – they could have with you yeah exactly awesome awesome all right so let's just check in here um <clears throat> we have about five more minutes um is there <laughs> there's there's one question that that i am um gonna say for last but is there anything that you would like to in summary um um offer the listening audience today that could potentially shift their reality in this moment like what would that be mm, perfect so what comes up for me right now is um part of the event that i just did a lot of the conversation was around surrender mm. and sometimes i think we forget that we have an army of, of invisible beings that are always wanting to serve us and help us and i think we sometimes get to this place where i have to physically do all of this myself and so I guess the question that I want to ask is, is this, is what would you have to surrender in your life to have more of you and more freedom in your life? We got to this place where we started to see that if, if ease is in surrender, what would we have to surrender to have more ease? Because we didn't come here to struggle. We didn't come here to, to like fight ourselves into success. Right. You know, we came here for joy and expansion and, and play. And so I guess the question that wants to be asked is what would you have to surrender in your life to have more of you and to have more freedom in your universe? Mm, I love that. I love that question. So I hope people are writing that down. So what would you have to surrender in your life to have more ease? Is that the way you put it, George? Yeah, and then the other question was, <clears throat> if ease exists, because a lot of people say surrender is giving up, but it's not. Surrender is having total faith. And so if there is ease in surrender, what would you have to surrender to have total ease? I love it. I love it. It's kind of like a uh, a riddle. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It is. You make me think that, of Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's another thing I love about Access. It's all about inviting people to live in and as a question, as the question, and not operate from conclusions. It's about let's live in possibility. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, and I have been using that a lot since December. Like I said, I'm new to Access since December, and I mean, I'm telling you, the the shifts that occur, that have occurred just since December, just by being in the question is amazing. Mm -hmm. And my husband, he's totally digging it. You know, he's like, wow, 
wow, I love this stuff. And so it's pretty cool to hear to watch him get excited even about it. <clears throat> so thank you for offering that to to our listening audience, George. Um, so one last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, George? Oh, man, this is this is the most profound question you could have asked me, and we saved it to the last minute, huh? <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm an impatient person, and normally I wouldn't sit there and lick a Tootsie Pop until we got to the center of it. But one day I said, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And for me, it was 522 licks. <laughs> 522. I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to try it just to see how close I can be to your licks. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you will, if you look at like really slow and seductive and then video camera, that would be great. <laughs> I can probably do that, and I could probably do that very well for you, George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, how much fun you are. George, I just so appreciate you being here today. I mean, you have um, – I knew this was going to be a fun show. Whenever you <clears throat> you and I decided to do this, I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be a blast. And um, you absolutely were just a blast. And um, thank you for sharing with our audience so much of your – just what you've learned over the years. And it's just – it's wisdom, guys, and knowledge and tools that are just extremely powerful. And some of this stuff sounds so simple, and you might – think, oh, it's too simple, you know, it's just too simple to really be effective and work. But there we go again with our judgment in that things do, things do not always have to be hard to work. It, I remember that makes me think, too, about medicine. When I was a kid growing up and I'd get sick and my granny, she would give me medicine that just tasted like shit. <laughs> and, 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 and she would say, well, if it doesn't taste bad, then it's not working. <laughs> mm. You know, and so it's kind of that's kind of how we perceive life sometimes. It's like, well, if I'm not working my ass off, if it's not hard, then it must not be working. It must not be good enough, you know, and so get out of that. Right. And and let's call forth ease. Like, what would it take for me to step into life with complete ease and joy? Mm. Um, so I thank you so much for just bringing all of this into our awareness today. And um, hopefully one day we'll have you back on soon. I would love that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And gosh, thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world and changing lives. Oh, thank you, George. Thank you. For our listeners today, thank you for listening in. I will be back next week with Nancy Ogren. She's our resident astrologer. And Nancy will be sharing the astrological forecast for May. And she will be reading two of the audience members' um, charts charts, um, birth chart information. So if you would like to be a part of that, you can email me at coachbrandy at askcoachbrandy.com. Just send me your birth date, the time of your birth, and the location of your birth, and I will get that information over to Nancy. Um, if you miss the live airing of any of our shows, you can access all shows at www.plv-radio.com forward slash empower hour and if you would like support on your journey please visit my website at askcoachbrandy.com to find out more about my programs offerings and upcoming events until next week you are listening to empower hour and i am coach brandy from my heart to yours love thank you for tuning in to plv radio we hope that our programming has inspired you Please feel free to visit the website to find past shows and schedules. Find your favorite hosts, leave comments about your experience, and share ideas for future shows. Don't forget to visit us on your favorite social media websites, which you will find links to at plv-radio.com. Listen with your friends and share the inspiration.